0: Hello friends of the calling. Do you know where your immortal soul will go if you were to die today? Would it be heaven or hell? Romans 10 and 9 tells us if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Bible tells us that we need salvation because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3 and 23. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5 and 8. So if you're feeling convicted by this, which is the weight of God's glory, showing you your wrongdoings, it's something to be grateful for. It means he's drawing you to repentance. 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 reminds us that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death. So recognizing our low standing before our almighty God is no reason to feel dejected or ashamed. On the contrary, the Lord wants us to be reminded of his holiness in celebration. You know, Yahweh's holiness is the reminder we need to come back into his place of peace and safety. The Lord rejoices to see his children return to him. And because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, Our mistakes no longer have to keep us separated from our holy God. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Upward Call with Love. This is Christina, and as usual, I'm so happy you're here because I want to talk to you about the good news, (laughs) the gospel. Very important subject. It's always a good idea every once in a while to go over the um, important points and truths about the gospel just to be sure if there's anyone listening who has not heard the truth about the gospel. First of all, the term gospel comes from a Greek term, Um, but in essence, it means good news. It's usually um, a term that's used as a noun, but obviously it can be a verb because you're sharing the good news. But it literally does mean good news. So when people say the gospel, they're speaking about uh, proclamation of good news. And we see this term a lot in the New Testament of the Holy Bible. And it's all about the message of God's kingdom and uh, him sending Jesus into the world to establish that kingdom. And of course, the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, who is the Messiah, Uh, His Hebrew name is Yeshua HaMashiach, that is Jesus Christ in the English tongue. Um, But we know Jesus Christ as the one who enthrones as the Lord of all. And the good news describes the events. And that's, um, you know, the events of um, his coming into the world, um, overcoming and defeating sin and death. And finally, of course, um, and usually not as talked about when someone is sharing the gospel, but it should be um, because it is a huge part of the gospel is the fact that all of humanity will be judged according to uh, their reception or rejection of the good news of Jesus Christ. So we speak about his life, death and resurrection, but the gospel also encompasses Um, sharing with people that a decision needs to be made (laughs) and your decision to receive or reject the salvation of uh, Jesus Christ does not end in the moment that you say yay or nay, but it ends with judgment. And that is the coming judgment upon all of the world so we'll be judged according to how we uh, receive the gospel whether we reject it or accept it okay so getting those little pieces of information out of the way what is the gospel the good news and what does it encompass but there's some other truths that we need to um, share about the gospel and i want to go through them with you Okay, so if there's anyone listening who does not follow Christ, who feels like they're on a the fence or feeling like they have time to make a decision when they're older or, I don't know, maybe just feeling like this is not for me, I um, feel led by the Holy Spirit to be sure that you understand the truths about the gospel and in the severity of your decision making on this issue. So the truth about God is that he is in fact our holy creator and in that he's also the authority over the entire creation. We owe our very existence to him. It's insane not to acknowledge him. But the truth is we are absolutely dependent upon him and we have not, always honored him as he deserves we were created for his glory we were created to worship and serve him but we have all gone our own way from time to time and some of us have not come back to him and so that's why it's so important that we share the gospel so the truth about God is that we are dependent upon him he is our creator He has absolute claim on us because he created us. We were created for his glory and to worship him and to serve him. Point blank period. The next thing we need to consider is the truth about sin. Now sin is when we rebel against what we were created to do, which is to worship and serve God. To honor him and to live for his glory. We're doing the opposite of that then we are sinning. And sin is an offense, just like a court system. um, If you have laws and rules and you go against those, you rebel against those, then it's an offense. And it's no different than when we rebel against what God created us to do. And not only that, it separates us from him. So not only are we offending God, but we're also separating ourselves from him when we rebel against the reason that he created us. And all of us have done this. There's not one who has not fallen short of the glory of God. When we rebel against him and his specific commands and his authority over our life, we're just failing to do what is righteous in his eyesight and there's no reason for him to extend to us eternal life when we are continuously rebelling against him therefore we all need to be made right some way somehow we all need to be made right in god's eyesight and guess what nothing that we can do in and of ourself will get us in that right position. Nothing we can do that will bring us into God's favor in and of ourselves. In fact, we actually earn our debt because of the sins that we commit, the rebelliousness against him. So here we see that our sin not only offends God, but it alienates us from him. And the fact is, the truth is, we need to be reconciled to him. We need to live according to the reason and the purpose that he created us. So we will never experience completeness, joy, or happiness. And not only that, he deserves this. <laughs> this is his creation. And we are too. We should function as we were created to function. But we have that free will. So <laughs> the truth is, we misuse and abuse free will. And we sin and offend against our holy creator. Another fact for consideration. is all about Christ. What he has done for us. Who he is. I mean. He epitomizes. He manifests. All of the invisible attributes. And divinity of God. In a way that we can understand Jesus came into the world helping us to perceive who God is not only that God's love and care for us and Jesus came into the world fully human fully man what does that mean well Fully man, fully human, meaning that he came in the form of human being, in the flesh, in a human body. But at the same time, being fully human, (laughs) fully man, he's also fully God in spirit. So here we have God coming into the world, adhering to even his own law that human beings come into this realm come into this world through a womb he himself came through a womb being fully human in the physical and fully God spiritually therefore he is God in flesh. And he was made this way so that he can experience the same things that we experience. The same temptations, hunger, thirst, sadness, love. Everything that we feel and experience as a human being in a human body. But, as God, spiritually, He came for an eternal purpose, came into this world to fulfill an eternal purpose. And in the man Jesus Christ, the words of God came to life right before human eyes. Jesus reveals to us the nature of God. He lived a perfect life of obedience to God in human flesh can you imagine that because <laughs> we have not <laughs> come anywhere near or close to perfect obedience to God but Jesus did so and he did so in the flesh but living and operating 100% according to God's perfect spirit in him now that's Jesus' incarnation coming into the world his manifestation in the physical form. But his depth is also just as important. You see, Jesus lived as a man so that he could serve as a replacement and substitute for men. He came as a human being for the sole purpose of replacing human beings who were due A penalty for their sins. He served as a substitute for human beings. And he took all of our guilt and our shame. All of our sin. He took it upon himself. He took it upon his flesh. And he endured God's judgment. He paid the penalty. He died on the cross. He received the wrath of God upon himself. So that we wouldn't have to. And since his spirit, fully God, was perfect and is perfect, well, that means that his death, him serving as a sacrifice and a substitute for our sin, completely satisfied God's justice, completely satisfied God's anger against our sinful rebellion. Through Jesus' suffering and through his death, he bore onto himself the entire world's sins. And I'm not talking about just those who were alive at the time of his crucifixion. But his sacrifice transcends time. So even today, we can still look to Jesus to bear our sins. And his perfect sacrifice demonstrates God's grace and love toward us. But it didn't end there. (laughs) We know that. We just uh, recently celebrated and commemorated another Resurrection Sunday. We know that he indeed raised from the dead. And Jesus being raised from the dead proves that he in fact conquered sin and conquered death. And vindicated his life. And his life indeed deserved vindication because he lived a perfect life of obedience, enduring all the same temptations that we have. The big difference is he operated under the guidance completely and perfectly of the Holy Spirit. That is God's Spirit. So he was resurrected. And, exalted. and Jesus ascended to the right hand of God. And that's where he reigns now. He is our King and our Lord if we believe. And he freely gives of his righteousness. He freely gives us the same Holy Spirit that overcame sin and death and vindicated his life of perfect obedience. He gives us the same Spirit when we believe in his sacrifice and we believe that he atoned for our sins. He gives us his perfect righteousness. Undeserved. There's nothing we could do to earn it. He gives it freely. And he gives it to all sinners. All who rebelled against God. Who look to him to help them get out of the pit of cycling sin, going around and around again with sin and consequence, sin and consequence. If you're tired of that, it's time to come to Christ, believe in what he did for you, and ask him to give to you his righteousness. Though you don't deserve it. Ask him to give to you his righteousness. Oh yes, I know all about it. (laughs) Oh yes, I know all about it. I had to fall down on my knees in the most brokenness I have ever experienced. There's nothing. Nothing. That could have fixed what I was going through in my mental, emotional traumatic state I had to surrender completely and though I did not deserve to even be heard or listened to because of my years and years and years of rebelliousness and living as an enemy to God doing whatever I wanted to do and none of it was good trust me but when I fell on my knees in a billion broken pieces and called on the name of Christ As undeserving as I am and was, he saw my need and and imparted his righteousness on me. And I'm now able to say that I have received him into my heart. He is my Savior. I acknowledge Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry, I don't care whoever listening and don't believe, don't know. This is the reality of my life. I know just as much as I'm sitting here talking to you as my heart is beating and my lungs are inhaling and exhaling, that's how much I know that Christ is my Lord and Savior and he lives in me. And he lives in me for the purpose of saving me. I acknowledge him as my Lord and Savior. And what do I get in exchange? Salvation. So the truth is Jesus is the only man who has lived a perfect obedient and righteous life before our creator god and that is because he is fully man and fully god and only he has provided a way for us sinners sinful people to be reconciled with our holy and righteous god that's the truth y'all another thing that we have to know Is that we have to make a choice. There's a response required here. Okay? Not at what I have just shared with you and even given you of my own personal testimony. You have to make a decision whether you want to or not. The fact is, you've listened to this, (laughs) these truths, and now it's in (laughs) you. So now you have to make a decision. And there is a reasonable response. You respond with belief and trust that's a reasonable response when you respond in faith you're really resting your confidence on the promises of God you're resting your confidence on the mercy of God you're believing that Christ is in fact given to sinners for the forgiveness of sin you are acknowledging the assurance of that his life provides for you to go to heaven. And you're acknowledging the power of God to give you a new life. Beyond rebelliousness and sin. And in this new life, it lasts forever. I'm not talking about the temporary flesh that dwells in this realm. We're talking about the immortal spirit. lives forever so the, the appropriate response to hearing this good news is to have faith in God and understand that God has created each and every one of us with a measure of faith albeit the size of a mustard seed. I don't know if you know what a mustard seed is, but Google it, look it up. And see how tiny a mustard seed is and how it flourishes and grows to take over the entire garden area if it is nurtured properly. So it starts off almost microscopic and then it turns into this gigantic, flourishing, overtaking plant and tree if it is nurtured So your reasonable response to hearing this good news is to take that tiny seed of faith that God created you with and nourish it and believe. Another reasonable response here is to repent. Because repentance is the evidence that you truly are given to the faith. Because repentance is a changing of your mind and your heart. And it's really evidenced by a change in our behaviors. It's a new way of living where we're no longer self-centered. And we're now God-centered. We're no longer serving our egos, but we're serving Jesus as our Savior and our King. Repentance is where we come to a place where we refuse to live according to the world standards. And instead make christ's teachings precepts his commands our way of life a lifestyle where we make christ the king of our life and in that just know that he then has the right to expect whatever he desires from us but guess what he wants for us to love god and to love one another and there should also be a transformation in your response you should have a transformation If you have faith and you repent, then there should be a transformation that happens. Christ died so that you could have a transformed life. So that you can live a more excellent way. And transformation is really characterized by letting go of sinful habits. Turning disobedience to obedience. Living a life that's characterized by the righteousness of Christ. That's only possible when you draw closer and nearer to the power of God. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life because you truly believe in Christ and you have truly repented for your sins, you have no choice but to be transformed. you transform transformed in the way that you think, the way that you live, and it's all for the purpose of pleasing God. So the truth is, The only reasonable response to what you have heard here today, to what God has done for you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, is to have faith, repent, and draw closer to God and live a transformed life. And So I ask you today, based on what you just heard today, and knowing that a day of judgment is coming, for all humanity to give an account of how they responded to the good news that they received about Jesus Christ. Based on that, ask yourself what is your relationship to God? In light of what you heard today, what is your response going to be? Have you already accepted Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior? Are you on a fence? I advise you not to be on offense because being on offense is the exact same thing as saying no. So you need to make a decision. Will you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that He may free you and save you from sin? Will you allow Him to be the Lord over your life? Make a decision. It's yes or no. If you say no, then you say no. That means that the penalty of your sins and your rebelliousness against God, you are actively stating that you want to take those consequences and the penalty, which is eternal death, spiritual death, living outside of the covering and protection and peace of God's shelter. Or if you say yes, then you know what? You have something that you have to do. We have participation in this. If you say yes to Jesus Christ today, then it's time to start studying the Bible. It's time to learn more about God, more about Jesus Christ, more about the Holy Spirit and the power therewith to transform your life. Link up with other believers Join Bible studies. They're online and in person now. Pray. Believe. Seek. As you draw closer to him, he'll draw closer to you. So I love you with the love of Christ. Like I say, every so often you will hear me coming back with the basic truths of the gospel because that's the most important message and that is the most excellent news that I could ever share. And to be honest with you, if you've made the decision today to follow Christ, oh, you're going to have that itch as well to share the gospel with those that you love, those that you know, and strangers alike. But be willing to be transformed and renewed in your mind and in your heart and be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have in Christ and the only way that you can do that is to truly believe, have faith be in a repentant state of mind and to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit again I love you all with the love of Christ Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Make a decision. Whether you're still alive when the second coming of Christ occurs or not, the decision needs to be made today because we don't know when our last day on earth is. We don't know the day that we will take our last breath. So it's always a pressing decision for the now, and not for the future. I urge you to choose Christ, the one who loves you eternally. It is in his name that I present this gospel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share once again this wonderful, excellent news about your love for humanity, not Desiring that anyone should perish, but that we all will come to repentance. That we all will partake in the sacrifice that Jesus Christ provided. The perfect sacrifice, Father God, acceptable by you. Satisfying the wrath that you have for humanity. I thank you, Jesus, for taking on a penalty of my sin. I thank you for taking on the penalty of for all sin, Lord. Let us be wise. Let our hearts be open and receive your offer of salvation today that we may live now for you and then also in eternity beyond this life. It is in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and thank you, Lord. So, sisters and brothers, friends, Seekers, I urge you, commit today, be transformed, live a life that demonstrates what it is that God created you for, which is obedience, worship, and to embody his glory. Give him honor with your life. Study his word, be obedient. Pray, right. be in fellowship with your Creator. But most of all, take accountability and make a decision based on the good news that you heard today. And keep pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Be blessed. Okay, friends, since Romans 3 and 23 shows us that all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God, we need a savior. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In Jesus, we can still go home, y'all. To our Heavenly Father, our confession and repentance in the name of Jesus brings about our restoration. Salvation by grace alone, through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, is the only way to enter heaven. So come to Jesus and experience God's forgiveness, mercy, and grace. Confess your sins, repent, and be restored. Praise God for his gift of salvation in Christ Jesus accept his offer of grace today and be saved. Acts 11 and 18, when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. I love you all with the love of Christ. Call on the name of Jesus and be saved today. God bless.